The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my own joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be seated. Um, so what struck me out of today's readings, because they're beautiful readings, and we're currently in the season of Easter, and the readings are powerfully putting in our mind resurrection, victory over death, victory over sin, which really is death. <laughs> you know, there's life that leads, there's paths that lead to, lead to greater life, and there's paths that lead into little you know, thorny bushes that we get stuck in, and there's no life there. And that's really what sin is. Um, it's a life bound up in itself. What struck me out of those readings? Well, the first is, as you heard Lamar reading, there was this long conversation or argument or debate about how the early church was going to thrive as an early church. Now, keep in mind, Jesus was a Jew. Okay, His first audience, if you like, were Jews. But before long, all of the neighboring people were like, this is pretty intriguing what you guys are on about. Can we be part of it? And so there were Greeks and there were Romans and there were all sorts of other non-Jews who did not know the law, uh, who were not sort of brought into the Jewish way of life. And the Jewish church, the Jewish Christians, if you want to call them that, were kind of confused. They're like, how do we, how do we bring them in? Do we bring them via Judaism? Like, should they sort of become Jewish first and then Christian? This is what the big debate was about. Um, and it's not a small question. It's not a small thing. Anyway, they had this long debate, and, and the long story short is the answer was no. If you're a Greek, or if you're a, a Persian, or if you're a who cares what, Ethiopian, anything, because there are all sorts of people there. If you're from somewhere other than Israel, welcome. God's grace is enough for you to just dive in, you know, cold, just get in there. Um, it wasn't circumcision that was important to them. It was baptism, being immersed in the water, which is really symbolic of God himself, Father, Son, and Spirit. Be plunged in that water, be reborn, and start your new life, a life of abundant goodness and grace. The second thing it said was the Holy Spirit is everywhere, not just among the Jews, not just among God's chosen people. I hope that we're familiar with this Holy Spirit that the Scripture's talking about. It's the presence in our lives that chases us when we're trying to run away from ourselves, that chases us when we're trying to run away from love and peace, when we recede into our wounds, when we uh, close ourselves in selfishly, etc., etc. The Holy Spirit is everywhere, hunting for you, your heart, to bring you into relationship with God. This Spirit is not um, bound by any rules or regulations. God plays by his own rules. He's looking for you. And then the last thing it says is that the people, at the very least, are to abstain from things that obviously offend God. And I think if we're honest, if we sort of think, well, what would offend God? You know, if God, if God is who we say he is, what would God find abhorrent? What would he find hurtful, um, unhealthy, wrong? If, if, if we can 
guess pretty well at that, and I think we can abstain from that stuff because whatever joy it seems to bring is an illusion. It brings death. It brings enslavement. I was struck by this thing about argument because, I don't know about you, <laughs> I have an inkling though, um, young people, should I say young people are good at arguing? Or young people, I don't know, are natural at arguing? Arguments erupt between young people? Um, when I was around your age, your year 10, yeah, 15, 16 maybe, I, it was around this time that my brother and I, and I've told this to the parishioners before, we started listening to all these debates on YouTube, Christians debating with atheists, Christian debating with psychologists, Christians debating with, um, I don't know, other, other religions. And my mum saw this and she's like, are you boys losing your faith? And we said, no. We like to see it enter the arena. Like, can our faith defend itself or not? Because if it can't, why do we believe it? <laughs> You know, if it can't stand argument, then let's all move on. But it can stand argument. And um, a lot of what I hope to do in my ministry is to argue, for lack of a better word, for life with God. It's worth seeking. In fact, there's nothing, there's nothing more worthy than that. Like, what do you want in your life? Think of all the silly things we put at the top of the list. They're silly. No offense to all our worldly priorities, but it's like that stuff's going to come and go. Um, but you and God, God willing, will be enduring in friendship forever. That's what you're made for. That's why you exist at all. That's why you have a mind that thinks and feels and searches and hungers and hurts. Because you're made for communion with God and you're made for communion with each other. In that gospel then, Jesus says... I've loved you as the Father's loved me. Remain in my love. Stay close to me. Stay close to that spirit who calls you out of yourself into God's light. That my joy would be in you and your joy would be complete. Think about that. God has one desire for you. It's that your joy would hit its maximum and never, never fade. And it's about relationship. It's about relationship. Now, I'm going to draw attention to someone at the back of the room in a moment. But first, I want to say... If our life in faith is about relationship, that's a hard thing. It doesn't happen automatically. It takes investment. It takes you being interested and sort of leaning into it, at least a little bit. So it means you're going to have to be authentic. If you, if you feel sad one day, good, name it, you know. If you feel angry, if you feel uh, jealous, if you feel happy and, and hopeful, good, name it. Bring whatever you are authentically to the table with God, because he knows anyway. It's not like you can hide it from him. Um, secondly, it's about knowing the other with empathy. You've probably never thought about this, but you can actually be empathetic towards God. Think about how we're wondering what would offend God. What is that other than empathy? Hey God, how do you feel about this thing? And then you sit and wait, and he'll tell you, because he speaks. It means communicating, which in the life of faith we call prayer. Um, a relationship cannot last even, you know, a day without communicating. Communication is essential. And then finally, it means remaining humble, even when there's argument, even when there's important stuff to discuss and get to the bottom of. It means remaining humble and open and being invested in the relationship itself. Do we agree with all that stuff? That's the life of faith in a nutshell. That's the life of any relationship in a nutshell.
Like any relationship that's going to last needs those things. I say all that because I think in our midst today we have a sign of that relationship um, lived faithfully. And I want to draw a distinction between faithfully and this kind of like abstract perfection. Like life is going to be messy and it's got all sorts of twists and turns. That's not the point. The point is fidelity. Um, At the back of the room there is Annette who celebrates today her 55th anniversary. A wonderful 55th wedding anniversary. Yes, 55th. Praise the Lord. That's a long time. That's nearly double my age. So I hope that's okay that I say that. But that's a long time. Um, That didn't happen automatically, did it? Takes patience, endurance, as beautiful a man as as, um, Huey is and as beautiful a woman as you are. When two things that aren't the same thing come together, how does that travel, you know, in harmony? How does it keep renegotiating stuff that comes up that's out of sync? Um, How do you communicate when when there's tension? How do you endure each other when you're not speaking sense? Um, and, and, And more than that, Annette is such an active person in our church, but, um, but Annette's husband, who, who was a big part of this college, is not a Catholic and is not even baptized, but someone who has said, I love you, I love your faith, and let's walk this journey together. It's a beautiful and an amazing thing. I think um, we can take inspiration from that in our own journeys, as young as we are, wherever we are in our journey. We're called to relationship. We're called to communion. And God, who is our ever-faithful friend, is patiently, empathetically, uh, humbly even, walking with us on this road. So let's walk it with him in faith and in trust. Let's abide in his love that our joy may be complete.